This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. Attracting and retaining the right field and office employees is critical to our business survival, profitability, and growth. My guest today, Ken Midget, has been a PHCC business owner, an educator, and now serves as the manager and subject matter expert within the Innovation and Enterprise Department of Nationwide Insurance. A mouthful, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ken, that's no, that's just fine. Yeah, Ken's going to give us his insights on what he's seen in education, where it's been, where it's going, the expectations you should have, and where it's going. So, Ken, welcome to Contractor Sense. Thank you, Ruth, and thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk. My pleasure to have you. And it's, you know, you've been around for a really long time. You've seen the change. I have. I have. I'm also a you know, way back in the day, actually, um, somebody that came out of vocational education too in my high school years. So I really have seen major changes uh, take place. So let's, you know, let's, you know, we all know that there's an employee shortage right now of, of people who want to enter our industry. But I think, quite frankly, if we start looking at it outside the box, we can actually do some different things because of technology, right? Absolutely. And, there, and there's absolutely a resource there to utilize uh, with the career and technical education schools in the country. Okay, let's talk through that. Yeah, um, it's, it's uh, kind of like the best kept secret. And, and a lot of people uh, think about it, but then they don't really do anything about it. So some of the things that you can do if you have a career and technical education school in your market area, you know, one of the first things I would recommend you to do is to get involved. What does that mean? Um, well, there's all different kinds of things that you can do. I'll just speak to a couple. Most schools across the country uh, have what's referred to as an occupational advisory council. Think of it as a steering committee. Membership's free. You sign up. Could be anywhere from one to two members a year, one to two meetings a year, I'm sorry. And uh, that's one way for you to become integrated into the program, get to know the teacher and find out what they're teaching more importantly, and, and actually have a voice in what they're teaching, right? So you're there to help steer and advise curriculum, changes in curriculum, new technology, new methods, new tools. Um, th there's your opportunity to have your voice heard in the high school setting. Right. Another thing you can, can do that integrates you into the program is get involved in Skills USA. Uh, what does that mean? Well, you could be a judge, you could be an administrator to help organize the competitions, all the way from the local situations to the state, all the way up to national. There's plenty of room for people, and they're always looking for help. So, there's another way that you can get involved. Many schools, because of grants, have grant steering committees. Um, it's another way to get involved, and that's at another level because now you're involved with administration, which also gives you a notch up. You wanna be their go-to person. So all of those couple suggestions I made 
are great ways for you to get involved. Of course, there's job shadowing, there's cooperative education, and that varies across the country because of uh, age. Many, many states, is if, if you're not an 18-year-old human being, you cannot work, right? So that's a kind of prohibitive thing, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't become involved because there are 12th grade students who are 18. And when they graduate, if you're integrated with the program, you may get the best ones to come work for your company. Yeah. You should also think about the business aspects too. Um, work that has to be done in the office, customer service reps, dispatching, lots of programs, lots of schools have programs that are communication programs. They are business programs and marketing. Um, so there's lots of things that you can utilize those students for as well. It's not just the technical aspect of your business, but the operational side of your business that you can take advantage of. And you, there's summer, summer internships, there's cooperative education for them. Is it a little bit more risky with them? Maybe because those students may be college path chosen, and but when they go to college, they, your relationship goes away. But there's lots of things that you could have those students do around your office. Well, also in the summertime is when we need a lot of extra help too. So, you know, I, I used an intern for years um, and, and, and was part of that program and I loved it. And there was one who was absolutely phenomenal. I almost cried when she <laughs> went to college and um, she actually got a job at IBM and they called me for reference. And I said, if you don't hire her, she, you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, she was that good as an mm -hmm. 18 year old. She really and truly was. So, so you can actually get um, some really, really, really good talented people. And obviously she didn't stay with us, but she got the communications thing. She got the talking to people on the phone. She got, you know, that kind of training, which I'm sure is doing her well now. Um, and that type of thing. Um, and the other thing, Ken, you may not know, but I have spoken to um, the national skills uh, competition and I did it from something we're gonna talk about after the break. I did it from a soft skills perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I, all these guys you know, and girls were sitting in there being hot shots because they were at the national conference. And I said to all of them, I said, look, you know, you're not gonna have a problem getting a job, which none of them will. Um, the problem is if you don't take care of your customers, you're not going to keep your job. And they're all looking at me like I'm nuts. You know, it's not only the technical thing that we've got to teach these kids. It's a lot of the soft skills now too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is huge. It's a huge part of what you're going to need to do. And that's not just for the high schooler. You're going to be doing that with almost everybody that comes in your door. That's younger personnel that comes in. You're going to, you're going to need to coach them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, we had one young hotshot that came, you know, it was like number one in his class um, in one of the trade schools. And he knew how to fix stuff, but boy, the customers hated him. And we sat him down and basically said, look, you know, you're great at fixing things, but if you don't take care of the customers, you're not going to be here very long. And it shocked him because the first time in his life, you know, he was like top of the class and he just got knocked down a peg. But it's true. And they have to understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when I was in education, my classroom was 50-50. When I say that, I mean, 50% of the structure revolved around employability skills and the other 50% revolved around their technical skills. Um, so they would be taught critical and creative thinking 
taught to learn how to look somebody in the face and communicate with them, not look at the floor, learn how to shake hands, learn how to keep your phone in your pocket when you're on the clock. All these details on the soft side um, <clears throat> and learning how to control your, your anger and your frustration and all these kinds of things that, you know, mom and dad or grandparent or, or, uh, or guardian is supposed to do, guess what? There's not a whole lot of that going on. Now we right? get it's, to do it. It's, it's life in the fast lane. And unfortunately, um, whether it's a private school or public school, kids are getting pushed through. And this part of it, this very part about communication skills um, is not being brought to the surface. It needs to be from an education perspective. This is humbly my opinion. All right. Uh, but I, I think it's shared with a lot of other people when I hear feedback from employers to me uh, when I was in the education business and and um, helped get young students out working in the work work world, they would say, wow, these kids really know how to communicate and they know how to work and they understand responsibility. All these things that um, seem to be lacking, whether it's on the academic world, whether it's the parenting skills, um, whatever reason and rationale you want to point at the bottom line is is you can't change the result the result is that that skill is lacking yeah all right before we take a break if somebody wanted to contact you how do they do that best way to get me is on linkedin you can okay. just type my name into linkedin it'll come up right away um send me a linkedin message i'm pretty articulate and aggressive with paying attention to that so that is the absolute best way sounds great We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. If you want all of your employees to do the things the way you want them to, you have to have clear procedures they can follow. Hate writing? Prefer to be doing things that generate revenue for your company? Then invest in one of my proven operations manuals. Best practices that I've developed over 35 plus years to increase revenues and profits, and of course, build wealth. There are manuals for small companies with less than $750,000 in revenue and larger residential, commercial, and plumbing companies. There are also manuals for service managers, dispatchers, and installation managers. As Jim Maltman, owner of Four Seasons in Kingsville, Texas said, everything is in the manual. Now, whenever anyone asks me how to do something, I just point to the manual. It is dog-eared and tabbed. And Ricky Martin, owner of Martin Heating and Air said, I purchased your operations manual last year and have seen a significant difference in our operations since then. Don't waste your time trying to write a manual. Use my proven procedures. Go to www.hvacchannel.tv or call us at 770-729-0258 for the details on each manual. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm here with Ken Midget, and we are talking about getting employees and getting employees who communicate and participate and understand responsibility and, and the things that we all get frustrated about and how we can do it through what you did, Ken, in trade school. But let's take a deeper dive into it. You know, what would an internship program look like? What would um, you know, somebody shadowing you look like? You know, what are the programs that we can get involved with that way? Oh, so um, yeah, they're all great things and they are definitely a great resource to recruit and retain um, high schoolers. And it's not just the senior who's graduating. Let's be really clear about that. So 
When I had my program, we had freshmen that worked during the summer. And again, from a global national perspective, you have to know your child labor laws. And most schools aren't going to let you break the law because there's federal money involved and they don't want laws to get broken as far as child labor laws. So they would probably supersede whatever your insurance policy says. So the process, at least it, how it is in Pennsylvania and how it was in my program, um, it, we, we would schedule anywhere from 60 to as much as 150 job shadows within a um, six to seven week program with a, um, about 10 different employers and eight or nine students. And those students would be the students who were trained on how to communicate. They were vetted through me in my program and they had transportation responsibilities and all the things that they needed to do. So a job shadow is the person going for a day with the contractor, going in the field or in the office if you're looking for that person. And it's kind of a one day interview. Look at it that way, a one day working live interview. So you, see what that's like and and it was highly competitive in my classroom and that you know the same employer might get six to seven different students going through this over this period of time and i would if somebody said if one of the employers called me and said well, we really like this one we'd like to make sure we get first dibs on that person if that employer called me um that person got matched up with that employer and when the cooperative education, which was the next step, came available, then the student was placed in the cooperative education side. And what does that mean? Uh, traditionally, it's whatever way the student would be in your classroom, instead of being in your classroom, they would go out and work in the field at that time and be paid, right? So that's kind of the cooperative education thing. An internship is slightly different in that they usually fall in over the summer or there's something, they are something that is shorter than cooperative education <clears throat> in that you may have a big job where you just need some apprentices to maybe, you know, help carry pipe off of a trailer and get it into a job site. It's going to last for three weeks. That could happen during the school year. And that's an internship. It could also happen during the summer where it's a little more uh, stable and more like a 40 hour work week with what that looks like. You know, COVID has changed a lot of things, and I, I was very fortunate in the last two years of my uh, time as an educator that uh, I was able to prove the, the value of apprenticeship and apprenticeship hours in the plumbing side, not so much the HVAC side. And I actually had students graduate with their um, first year of apprenticeship under their belt. And we were able to do that because we were they were working eight hours a day three and four days a week and doing one day solely for designated academic work in a cyber school environment. These are seniors, but typically they're doing this. Um, the employers loved it because they get the student for the whole day instead of a half a day. Um, the, the students loved it because they made a lot of money um, and they had uh, a lot of their apprenticeship hours tucked away prior to graduation. So that's, that's the better picture. Um, not all schools are going to be willing to do that. It, it's up. It's a school by school, case by case basis. But it's something that teachers hearing this podcast should certainly lobby for in their programs to see if they can get it to happen. It's still going on now with the teacher who replaced me at the school I worked at. 
Um, and the kids are the kids just love it. And this increases when you get this machine, if you will, going in your classroom. This automatically helps you recruit and get the better kids that come into your school. So that's kind of what started to happen. I had more kids that wanted to be in my program and less kids that did not want to be than the averages throughout the state, right? Because they, they, they came in there, there was a waiting list to get in. It was a highly popular, popular program. And that kind of helped raise the bar, if you will, where the caliber of student that I got. Yeah. So that's kind of how that works. And then if you get this person to work for you, um, most teenagers are not the kind of person that's going to do this gig with you or this dance with you and then come graduation, go work for your competition. Most of them are very comfortable by that point, by the time they graduate, and it turns in a natural progression for them to work, you know, eight, uh, eight hours a day, five days a week for you. The good news for the employer is the employer has got all the HR stuff and how do I do this and who's that person and where's this go and who's that guy and where's this job site? Much, much, much of that is all out of the way. So when it, the gloves really come off when the student graduates, that student's really ready to go. It's like that student's been there three months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, the, efficient, the efficiency is much, much higher than taking the person who just graduated that never touched a wrench or a screwdriver or knows nothing about the industry um, yeah. for the employer. All right, you mentioned cyberspace. So is a lot of the training now being done virtually? Uh, no, I meant from the academic perspective. So the high schoolers have, uh, depending on what grade they're in, they could have a full academic complement while they're attending the career and technical education school. Or they, if they're a senior, they may only have like two subjects. Maybe they have history and phys ed as an example. Um, English. They have, <laughs> well, English, yes, exactly. Well, whatever it may be. We, I always push them to take math. I don't care what else they take yeah. um, as far as plumbing goes. But uh, if, they get those, if they get those classes to be in a um, synchronous learning cyber school program where they can just do the assignments on a weekly basis there's no class attendance being taken it's based on your production of the work they can do that work on that one day that they're off and work four eight hour days on the other five of the week Got it. so that's kind of how that works and we were able to get that approved and it never was like that before it was always the traditional co-op was whenever the student was with you they would normally be in the field. And most schools have a morning and an afternoon session. So you, if you had a morning student, they would go work in the morning for the employer and they would stop at lunchtime and have to go back to their academic schedule after lunch. Yeah, this is easier. It's better for the kids. Oh, much better for everybody. Yeah. Much yeah, better. Absolutely. You can't, you can't, you know, and what, what makes sense that the super, uh, superintendents and administrators need to recognize there is no possible way that you can repl replicate the experience that that student is going to get working in the field there's yeah. just i don't care what field it is what job it is there's no way you'll replicate it so the the, the jump that that student is getting the acceleration if you will for their career is exponential yeah absolutely so ken the best way to get a hold of you you said is linkedin correct yep Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. I appreciate thank, it. Thank you for having me as a guest. It was an honor and a pleasure.
And thanks to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email Ruth King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.